0: Hello, I'm Ricky.
1: And I'm Joe, and this is Season 5, Episode 3 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast, where we're going to go and talk about Old Nebercracker, uh, a beer I made. Uh, And this should be coming out on April 18th, 2022. Now let's just get into it. Ricky's already been smelling and drinking the beer.
0: Yeah, it's got a really good aroma. I mean, it smells like the holidays, like a little bit of that. That fruit cake and rum and you know, kind of the things you, you get out of that eggnog. You know, if you ever think of the, I don't know if anyone else's family ever did it, but my family every time we would go over to visit one of my uncles, he would set out these like bowls of, you know, eggnog that he made himself, and all these little like Christmas cookies and you know fruit cakes and stuff like that, and it smells like that room. You know, that little chunk of his house that was kind of set up for the holidays.
1: So this is also 7% ABV. It's not a high ABV beer, but it's kind of higher for a beer. Mm-hmm. It is a holiday spice stale. It was um, something that I just, I found a like company that is the same company that made the uh, Thunder Cookie mm-hmm. uh, beer that, that we'll talk about a little bit later on. So I made a couple of different beers over Christmas. Uh, I made this one. I made the one that I made last year, which was the Holiday Spice Sale from Brewer's Best. And then I made the uh, Thunder Cookie Gingerbread Stout. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know which one I like the best out of the three. Yeah,
0: I mean, overall, flavor is not bad at all. A little bit sweet, got a lot of spice to it. Um, And unlike some of the stuff we drank earlier in last episode, this one, while on the tongue you don't get the individual spices as much, you do and kind of the after flavor, Mm -hmm. you know, especially now on like the podcast I'm talking afterwards that kind of lingers around for a while. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's really good. I mean, this is also, you know, I know some people with their holiday ales like to heat them up and serve them a little warm. You know, I think this would probably work really well with that too. Yeah. You know, I think the, the warmer that this gets, the more it's going to open up.
1: Yeah. Well, it, it does. I like it cold. Mm -hmm. Um, just because it does like, it's hard to it's hard to explain the difference between the warm and the cold version of this, but the warm version of this is a little bit more like orangey. Yeah. And this is a little bit more malty, I guess. So I like this like as a sipping beer more cold.
0: Yeah, I could see this. You know, it has um, that kind of like citrus rind, citrus pith yeah. sort of flavor to it that's really muted when it's cold but i could see if you heat this up that would really come out
1: yeah and it's good if that's what you're looking for if you're looking Mm -hmm. for like a warm you know kind of beer it i just um i feel like it's just this is where it shines the most Uh, after having it both ways Yeah, yeah yeah um and i'm definitely making this one again like just like it is i think it's a you know 10 out of 10 can't really, like, improve on it so so much, you know, more than what it is. It is the perfect Holiday Spice sale. As a matter of fact, it might become my regular recipe for Holiday Spice sale instead of the other one. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's really not bad. You know, I was, I was telling you, Joe, earlier that uh, me and my wife had a bar we've been going to a few times, you know, get pub food and a couple drinks. And uh, the first time I went there, because they don't really have a menu with any drinks on it, I was like, oh, okay, well, I mean... I'm not just going to ask some random person for a random cocktail that I don't know if they have because I'm socially awkward when I meet new people. So, nah, <laughs> they, they've got some taps. There's all these new things I haven't tried. I looked at and I tried like two or three um, you know, different commercial beers, and this is better than, than any of those three. I really mm-hmm. struggle to get any of those glasses down. So, you know, as much as we can come in here as people who drink a lot and brew a lot and say, oh, it could be a little bit more open on the back end or something like that. I mean, it's still better than most commercial beers you're going to grab.
1: I agree. Uh, I mean, there's tons of commercial beers that I I love to, Mm -hmm. you know, um, drink. So it's not like I'm, I'm saying I'm brewing better than that. And this was a kit, so I'm not the person who, like, made the recipe or anything like that. But this is just so good. And between, like, the three beers that I made over Christmas, I made a whole bunch. But the three that I specifically targeted for, like, the holiday season, this is like the perfect uh, expression of like a holiday Um, Mm -hmm. I I think it's the L's and stouts like they're in a pyramid of like good things but they're on different sides of it or maybe even like in a box I don't know but they're they're on different sides of whatever shape that is so I'm not saying it's better than the the stout that I made I am saying that I probably prefer this one to the, um, the uh, Holiday Spice Dale that, mm-hmm. that we made, which uh, that, that one is good, but it's not as good as, you know, some of the things that I've made since then or afterwards, not as good as some of the pie mints and wines and mm-hmm. things like that that I've made. So, yeah. Uh, so, if you are able to get your hands on Old Nebercracker, and uh, I don't remember the shop, uh, that, that makes it, but they're on the East Coast. Um, I think they're up towards um, uh, the, uh, like, Maine, Massachusetts area. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but they, they, they distribute through Amazon, but they also have their own website and, like, a couple other things like that, and it's pretty fantastic. Yeah, it is really. <laughs> it's- so... Um, I, I think I've shown you this. Have I shown you the U Mini? Maybe. Maybe it's an old, retro, it's a retro handheld. Um, I don't. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I, don't know I showed I showed it to yeah, you I think a couple. So. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's a little like Game Boy, mm-hmm. but it's about this big. Uh, I did not bring it over here. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna let you talk for a second. I'm gonna get up, walk over there and get it, and then I'm gonna hand it to you, and you can mess around with it while I kind of explain what it play is. Retro games. So maybe. that would uh, be fun for the sound effect. Yeah, maybe talk about, uh, like, the um, the beer a little bit more. Or the beers that we've been brewing. Or kombucha. Like, talk okay. about any of that stuff. Just sure. don't don't spoil the kombucha episode.
0: Sure, I won't spoil the kombucha episode. I will say, um, I'm probably going to say some of this beer. I know you said that you like it cold more than hot. But the more I drink this, the more I think, you know what this would really go well with? Like, a slice of citrus fruit. You know, um... You drinking a couple beers with me before, you know that I kind of like that slice of orange and things like wheat ales and stuff like that. So I'm wondering how much I will like having a little bit more of more that citrus flavor in there. So we, I might. Is it sacrilege to say I will microwave something?
1: Uh, uh, we'll, no, it's not. It's not sacrilege. I don't know. We would want to let it warm up a little bit before we did that, though. I mm-hmm. think.
0: Yeah, I might just leave it alone because we're doing some stuff in like half an hour. See what it's tasting like then.
1: Yeah, and we could always talk about it a little bit later. So the Miu Mini is like, you know, uh, one of those, like it's a retro handheld arm chip that's on a board and, uh, you know, all that stuff, but it's, I haven't charged it in about a week. Uh, so it's got a fairly decent battery life to it. Um, it'll play anything up to about, um, I think PlayStation games, um, and I haven't got them to successfully work on it, so I'm, I'm not sure that what little trick you have to do to get them to work on it. I know you have to put the BIOS on there and everything, but I haven't done something quite right on it yet. But really what I wanted to do is be able to play like old JRPGs and things mm-hmm. like that that you don't really get to play too often um, in any other capacity. Uh, and you, know, you can carry them around on an Android phone, but I like having the analog... Um, sticks uh, or not the sticks the uh, analog like buttons um i mean they're they're dome buttons so it's not uh like they're like switches or something like that or buckling springs or anything like that right there but they're like a old NES controller mm-hmm. in a game boy form factor and it's got you know r1 r2 buttons so it can play like you know snes games pretty well and um I I just I love it. It's and it's offline. So again, there's no nothing that's gonna like interrupt me when I'm trying to play it. I can just pull mm-hmm. it out of my pocket, play it for a few minutes while we're on like a trip somewhere. If we're going down to the grocery store and I just wanna do something while I'm waiting on something, pull it out, play it for a few seconds, drop it back in my pocket. The only thing that I am a little disappointed between like the Mi and you know having an iPod and everything like that is they don't. They're 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 so small factor. I can put them all in my giant pockets because I'm a you know, fairly large person, mm. but they're not like something that you know all fits all the time. Yeah. Um. But uh, you know, a phone, a MiU, an iPod, and a set of headphones, and I'm pretty good for like uh, a week, <laughs> you know, basically. Um. But yeah, I mean, I love this thing. You throw your own SD card in there. I've got uh, Onion OS on there right now. Uh, which is different than the operating system that the MIU comes with. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I think it's just a really fun little handheld to bring around yeah. and play with.
0: It's real cool. I'm getting through the first little bit of A Link to the Past. <laughs> of that game.
1: Yeah. A Link to the Past was uh, one of my favorite, um, you know, classic games. Mm. Uh, I, I got that uh, when it came out brand new. Like, I was like, I'm going to get this game. I didn't. I never owned um, the original Legend of Zelda. Uh, you know, like I, I've played it many times, but I didn't like get that. I had Super Mario on my NES and stuff like that. Yeah. And so when Link to the Past came out, I was like, I am getting this game. This game is going to be awesome, and I'm going to love it. And I did. Like I, I thought it was, I thought it was great. So. Um, yeah. But yeah. So,
0: so. So talk to me a little bit about how you get the games on there.
1: You just uh, put them in a folder on the SD card. You put the SD card in your computer, drop your ROM in there. You can I own a whole bunch of these games so you can, you know, create the ROMs yourself or
0: mm-hmm. if you
1: know where you can get ROMs, you know, you go and get them depending on whatever the thing is, you know, not encouraging anyone to do anything illegal. But um, you take those ROMs and then you put them in a folder and they have to be in a certain format. And uh, you then... Uh, you know kind of go from there so uh, as long as they're the right format and they're not corrupted uh, you know a file it'll read it and um, it'll play the appropriate emulator on it because it uses like um, I think RetroArch on the back end Mm -hmm. to be able to pull in all the different emulators that you need to make this work.
0: Yeah I'll say this you know we talk about like oh this would be really good for uh, you know you as a as an adult like i'll play games from your childhood and this form factor because you know it's kind of small i'm really thinking like do i want to grab something like this put a couple games like pokemon and other things like that this would fit perfect in like a small kid's hands yep so if you wanted something for like you know your four five six and that you know probably up to eight ten sort of age range a little portable console for them. Cause you know, you don't want to get them a switch or, you know, a lot of those games are, are so large and flashy, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean the, they're, they're definitely, it's easy to get the things and put them on there. Mm-hmm. Um, it is definitely a, um, you know, a, a thing that you could do to get them like something like this. Uh, I'm not sure. There's another one that I had uh, that was the, oh, what was the name of it? retro it was retro pie no so i have like four or five of these things right and um my i I let a couple kids because you know i'm a foster parent Mm -hmm. let a couple kids have them and use them while we were on a trip and one of the kids pocketed it took it outside hit it so while that was only like a hundred bucks um you know this is around the same price range by the time you're into it, you're like in a hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty bucks because you gotta buy an yeah. SD card if you want to get more, you know, stuff on it. Comes with I think uh, eight gig, okay, uh, SD, which is plenty to put a put yeah, games for retro on. games. Yeah, like that, yeah. Um, I, I put a bigger one on there because I wanted to put some, uh, uh, like I think I put a two fifty six gig in this one, mm-hmm. but I wanted to, um, I wanted to put some, uh, like pl- PlayStation games on there and be able to play a few like yeah. older PlayStation titles, but. That said, kids destroy stuff. So as long as you're not expecting them to, like... If I bought one, I'd buy, like, two or three.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was less thinking about the price point and more... Games today, I've noticed, even ones made for kids, are either so easy, they're kind of boring, they don't really capture the kids, or they're just a little bit too complex, as, like, gaming has evolved. You know, there's not too many good... You know, boom, here's a top-down. There's only, like, two buttons that really do stuff, sort of sort of game. Yeah. Um, so, like, we've had a hard time getting Delilah, our daughter, who she's going to be turned five in a couple months, into games, because she likes to play games, but you can't really do it. Right. You know, um, not in any way that, like, is enjoyable for her. So, like, something like that, especially as, you know, she's going to be starting to learn reading skills fairly soon. yeah you know, a simple Pokemon game where like, oh, I'm just kind of clicking these buttons and you're walking around and you're seeing cute mm-hmm. little creatures. You know, she loves to watch me play Pokemon, but when it's it's now like 3D and you yeah. got to actually aim stuff, she doesn't have the really for her size, she, the controllers don't fit her in a way that she right. could do that. So, you know, something like this, that's that nice, small little handheld. I mean, that's what my generation, you know, yeah. granted we were a little bit older than five when we were playing on them, but like, that's what we did.
1: Yeah, yeah, Maybe absolutely. That. I mean, the the they're a big hit with kids, and you can play something like simpler games like nineteen forty two, where they just have to kind of like dodge stuff and, yep. and shoot shoot things. You know, they're hard games, so they'll die a lot. But you know, what do they care? They're having a blast. Yeah, it doesn't matter.
0: I never cared when I was in an arcade and didn't make it past the first level.
1: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, I mean, I think it, it, you're exactly right. It is a perfect game hand, console for kids. Um, I also think that it's a very pocketable console that you can just mm-hmm. slide into your pocket and carry with you. So yeah. from that standpoint, it's not something that I would sit there and play for hours, even though, you know, like there's a couple of like old JRPGs that I've gone back and I've started playing, um, mm. like, uh, what was the, the, the one that I was playing the other day? Um, I don't remember. Anyways, mm-hmm. I was playing one. I just sat there and just played it up until I got to a certain point where you have to just grind, and then I just mm-hmm. kind of was yeah. like, eh, you know, whatever. I'm a, I'll am i come back to it later, which I I do. Like, I'll grind a couple of monsters every life. Of, but that's the beauty of this, because it's got auto-save states. You don't mm-hmm. have to go to, like, a thing. You can just hit the button combo. It saves it, and you can pick it back up, like, oh, yeah, in yeah. 15, 20 minutes, an hour, a day, whatever you feel like you want to do. So, like, I'm really – happy with this and i think it's powerful enough to play like ren games and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so there are probably some modern games that you could play on it too yeah yeah so um i i I teased this last time i switched from windows to mac Mm -hmm. i got an m1 i got an m1 macbook pro um you know work provided it for me as a replacement for my older laptop uh and You know, I I even got an SD card, a one terabyte SD card, and I put it in there, and now I have 1.5 terabytes of space on this thing, and I've been putting it through its paces, seeing what sort of engineering work I can do, what scripts I can run on it. It handles all that stuff pretty fine. Um, I I would like to have more memory, because it's only got 16 gigs, I think, of unified memory on it. Mm. Um, But, yeah, I've been running it, and... It's been pretty good. Now, this is not the only time we're going to talk about this, but just my initial impressions. So before I start talking about it, what do you think the experience is going to be like? Because I've kind of hinted at it. I've said a few things. I've shown you a few things. What do you think so far?
0: In all honesty, I expect your overall experience, for the amount of time you've had it, is probably going to be fairly good. I've always stood by that I think Apple does make good machines. They're just not price pointed correctly. They're a little expensive for what you get. And depending on what type of power user you are, it can have problems. So I know as like a network engineer, it doesn't always fit as well. But the opposite is for like a software engineer. I mean, there's a lot of advantages to using Unix over Windows when you're doing software development. Now I've considered a couple times doing that same switch just for that reason, so that everything I program on Windows, when I move it over to Linux, I don't have to go. Okay. Now anything that operates with the OS, I need to go and make sure that it actually still works. Yeah. Because um, there's a lot of you know things that they don't quite match up. A big one, you know, is network people. I've got a lot of scripts that try and ping a device to, to see if it's online when generating a report. You know, you get, I think, um, one, you know, you get a binary value. Not I guess it's not really a binary value because you can't get two during, like, errors. Right. But basically, like, one and two are successful. Zero, not successful. That flips Yeah. when you move to Linux. So, like, that code has to, like go in and go, okay, change those values around or make the script aware of it knows which OS it's on, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, there's, there's advantages depending on where you are, but maybe that's the long winded answer to say after two weeks, I don't think you've had a long enough time to run into any major issues.
1: Well, you'd be wrong. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've had some pretty major issues with it, but I've been able to overcome, okay. uh, for my workflow. So my workflow is that I have three monitors mm-hmm. that uh, sit around me and, um, Famously, Macs don't work with three monitors. Oh, they only true. work with two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And the M1 Mac, even though it says it will run three monitors at a certain, like, you know, thing, hmm. because of the way that it's set up, it doesn't actually run three monitors. It only can output to two.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, so you have to have, like, a, like a, a multiplexer, like a muxer, mm. to be able to do the other one. So you have to, like, have some sort of USB thing. Yeah. I'll have that. So my third monitor is just kind of sitting there on my desk, but mm-hmm. I've got my two uh, ones that are that are sitting there. Um, so that's my first problem. The second problem, well, the, and I'm going to try to overcome that by getting an ultra-wide screen. If work will buy it for me, mm-hmm. and I'm going to put that on my desk, and that is going to be my one monitor, and then my other monitor will be yeah. the third monitor. Um, we'll see how that works out. I don't even know that the Mac can hold the resolution that I'm buying for it. So. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping for it. I'm, I'm hedging my bets by getting a lower resolution, higher refresh rate monitor, and hopefully okay. that'll work out. Yeah, yeah. Um. it's a, I think it's a 1440p monitor versus like a 4K. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, it plays games. Well, there's a couple of AAA games that while they have to be M1 compatible, mm-hmm. Uh, I've been able to play through, like, Steam and stuff like that, Um, which, I mean, that's not a productivity thing, but just from a graphics standpoint, it can actually, like, play, like, Tomb Raider and things like that. Those are translated to the M1 chip. A couple of games, like, Baldur's Gate 3, which I'm actually interested in, being able to, like, play portably, looking more for, like, a Steam Deck sort of thing. But knowing that I have a laptop now, that if I'm going on a trip or Mm -hmm. I need to go someplace and I've got this thing with me, it's got the graphics power to be able to do something like that. That's pretty great. Uh, and it seems to run it fairly well off of an SD card. It's not too bad. It takes a little while to load up because the SD card is pretty slow on the Mac for some reason. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, it's, it's been pretty powerful from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think the only other thing that I've had a really major issue with is getting input into it. I use like a Logitech keyboard and I'm just, Mm -hmm. I'm very particular about the things that I have. I'm not, you know, it's a mechanical keyboard, but it, it lets me do all this stuff and just being able to like have the right key combos to be able to like move between the screens and everything like that. That's kind of esoteric and not very easy. Yeah. So I've had issues with it with my workflow, but overall it is a more powerful machine than the last one that I had. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, so the last thing that we were going to talk about is gaming on a Chromebook, but I think I'm going to save that for next time. Okay. Because we're kind of running out of time. we got to go. It's about time for D&D, and, uh, you know, the dog is restless. He wants food uh, and things like that, and so we got to go set up for that. So I think we're going to gonna cut that out, and we're going to put that on the next one. But did you have anything else you want to say about the MacBook?
0: No, I'm good. I'm glad it's working out. I'll be, I'll be watching your progress with it. Uh, I might make the switch whenever my next refresh comes up too.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's probably going to be my suggestion to people, especially given that the Lenovo's are kind of.
0: Yeah, I wasn't super happy with my last upgrade. Yeah, you know, it yeah. was really almost. I mean, I didn't notice any difference switching to a laptop that was three years newer. You know? Yeah,
1: exactly. The Lenovo's have not been. The, my last two have not impressed me a whole lot. Now, the, my my T 480, T four eighty was awesome. But my P-Series, Lenovo's, I had like a two P-51s or a P-51 and a P-52. I've not been happy with at yeah. all. Well, that said, this has been episode five, season five, episode three. Sorry. <laughs> not episode five, season three. This has been season five, episode three of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. We have a Twitter, a YouTube, as I mentioned last <laughs> episode, and uh, a Patreon. And so you can engage with us in any of those places. That's all down in the notes. Uh, except, I think you just look for us at beer and broadband on YouTube. I don't know if I put that in the notes. But enough rambling. We'll catch you next time. Have a good one.